Man, this place is falling apart. Hurry up! Aren't you finished yet? We have a job to do now. Let's do it. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. This time we're going to talk about parenting. Why parenting? Well, based on a couple of comments I received over the last episode and looking back on it, I did talk a bit about parenting and how parenting makes a difference in the kind of people we are and the kind of people we raise as our children. Now, I know not everybody who's listening to this is ever going to raise children. And I know people who listen to this don't even have children, aren't contemplating children, don't ever plan on having kids, or maybe plan on it somewhere down the road. So this isn't really about parenting tips as much as it is how I was parented and how I see parenting. And you can take that for what it's worth. You can use that in your future. You can use it to analyze yourself, figure out how you got the way you were because of the way you were raised. You can just use it to pass the time while you're painting the bedroom. However you want to use this information, I'm just putting it out there for you. Now, the reason why I'm coming back to parenting is, as I've grown older, I've looked back and thought about how I was raised. And I used that when I was raising my kids. And I also use that when I see how other people are raising their kids. And the first thing that I want to say about parenting is this. There's no right way to do it. But there are wrong ways to do it. And those wrong ways can lead to trouble. The other thing about being a parent, you will never know everything there is to know about your kids. I know this because I kept things from my parents. I also know this because my kids kept things from me. No matter how close you think you are with your kids, and no matter how close you think you are to your parents, there are going to be secrets. Because you don't tell your parents certain things, and your kids don't tell you certain things. It's just the way it is. And I mean, think about that. How many news reports do we hear about people who get in trouble and the parents say, Well, I never knew this about him. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things we as parents don't know about our kids, and I can guarantee you there were a lot of things that my parents didn't know about me, and that's because I wanted it that way. That's not to say I had a bad relationship with my parents. I had a very good relationship with my parents. It's just the nature of parents and kids. Kids don't tell their parents everything as much as the parents want to know. And there's nothing that will ever change that. Now, I think I had some pretty cool parents. Of course they embarrassed me at times. Of course they did goofy things. Of course they did all the parent things that make kids crazy. That's their job. And part of that is because it's different generations. The older generation just raises younger kids. That's the way it has to be. You're not going to have parents who are the same age as their kids, and therefore they're never going to be on the same level. Now, too many parents these days make that mistake. They want to be friends with their kids. My parents never wanted to be friends with me. They wanted to keep track of me, but they didn't want to be friends with me. I liked stuff that my dad couldn't understand. I liked science fiction. And my dad could not be bothered with science fiction. I was a Star Trek fan. My dad couldn't stand it. The thing he hated about it when we watched Star Trek on the TV, when there was those rare occasions where he'd sit down and watch a show, on the original series, there was that view screen on the bridge and you hear the beep. It was kind of a beep, 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 beep throughout the whole scene when they'd show that view screen. That beep made my dad insane. It was so distracting to him, he couldn't get into the show. 
Well, apart from the pointy ears and the space travel and all that, he didn't like that either. But that beep made him crazy, so he could never enjoy the show. When Star Wars came out, he couldn't be bothered. I went and saw it with my aunt and uncle because he, no, 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 I'm not going to go see any space travel show. That was my dad. No, sirree, Bob. He was not going to waste time with science fiction. My mom liked science fiction, so I could share my love of that with her, and actually she's the one who turned me on to Star Trek. And she turned me on to science fiction writers, James Blish, Arthur C. Clarke, Ray Bradbury. But she didn't do it as my friend, she did it as my parent. Well, you might like this book. And so I'd start reading, and she was right. She knew my tastes, but when I wanted to go to a movie as I was older, she didn't want to come along with me. She was a parent. She taught me things. She opened doors for me. She gave me experiences. But she didn't do it as my buddy. And neither did my dad. My dad didn't do buddy-buddy things with me. Now, I know people go fishing with their parents. They go golfing with their dad. They go golfing with their mom. And my hanging out with my dad was if I wanted to spend time with him, and I've talked about this before, his Saturday thing was going to auctions. So I would go to auctions with him. I would spend the day going to garage sales and estate sales and auctions, and that's how we'd hang out. And he taught me how to bid and how to negotiate, how to haggle. But that was the way parenting was back then, too. Back then, the parents set the ground rules. We would go on vacation here. We would go to dinner there. We would go shopping here. And if we have free time, this is what we're going to do. And then it was up to us kids to determine whether we wanted to enjoy it or be miserable. But we didn't have an option. Whatever mom and dad said, that's what we did. And so that's how parenting was when I was growing up. Mom and dad set the rules. They set the itinerary. They set the schedule. And we went along. Nowadays, there's not so much of that. Nowadays, a lot of parenting is focused on what do the kids want to do? And mom and dad fit their lives around what the kids want to do. And a lot of times, mom and dad fit their lives around the things they've scheduled for the kids. Well, we've got ballet practice, and we've got soccer practice, and we've got football practice. Oh, don't forget cheerleading. We've got the AP Bio special project we've got to get done this weekend. And so the parents don't have a life, and the kids don't have a life, because everybody's life is centered around these pre-scheduled events. That's not the way it used to be. And I'm not sure that this way today is a better way. The parents are not happy. The kids are not happy. They're just going through life having to get things done on a schedule. And if there's free time, the parents defer to the kids. The parents don't make the decisions. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's they're too tired. But when I was growing up, vacation was what dad said. Nowadays, vacation, if there is one, what's going to make the kids happy? It's totally different. And if the kids want to go to a party... The kids say, we're going to the party. If the kids want to go to the mall, the kids say, take me to the mall. If I ever said to my dad, Oh, dad, take me to the mall, please. What are you talking about? We're not going to the mall today. No, we were taught to ask. We were taught to ask permission. And if it worked into mom and dad's schedule, then we could go to the mall or to the sleepover or to the party or whatever it was. But if we were going to a sleepover or a party Mom and dad always had to know who the parents were. And they always had to know if there was going to be a parent home. Kids didn't do things without supervision. That's not to say the parents were hovering over things, but the parents were in the house. And we had to know who the parents were and who is going to be home 
and who else was going to be at the party. That's just the way it was. The other thing my parents taught me was discipline. Now, when I say discipline, that doesn't mean that they beat me or they hit me or they used any physical means to get me to do things. But what there was, was the threat of that. There were parents in my neighborhood who did use more corporal punishment than my parents did. I heard about the beatings. Beatings did take place. Beatings is probably too strong a word, but there was some smacks that happened when I was growing up. And my dad did hit me one time. And I deserved it. There was no question about it. Here's the story. I was seven years old. And I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I was getting myself in trouble being a seven-year-old obnoxious little boy. And my dad had had enough. And he sent me to my room. That was the big punishment, by the way. Go to your room. Now, you have to remember, back when I was growing up, going to your room was a horrible punishment because there was nothing in your room. There was no TV. There was no computer. There was no phone. The only thing I had in my room was my books, which is why I became a good reader because I wound up in my room a lot. And so I read a lot. But on this particular occasion, my dad said, go to your room. But I must have pissed him off so much that he followed me in there to continue talking to me about what I had done. And again, I don't remember what it was. The thing I remember is getting hit. And I remember what caused it. He looked at me and he said, you keep your mouth shut. And so me, being a sarcastic, obnoxious seven-year-old, opened my mouth as wide as it could go in direct defiance of his, you keep your mouth shut. He slapped me so hard across the face. And the echo of the slap. And I remember the room getting deathly quiet. I was shocked. Because he'd never hit me before, at least as far as I can remember. Now, I obviously don't know what was going through his head. But going through my head was, oh my god, that hurt. (laughs) That hurts like hell. And I also learned, ooh... If I don't do what dad says, there are repercussions. He never hit me again. Not ever. Now, years later, I learned that my dad had a temper, and I'm sure my mom had a conversation with him. And I'm sure that he had a bad day at work that day, and I'm sure that me dropping my mouth open as wide as it could go, right in his face, was the last straw on a long day. But what that did was remind me... That if I cross dad, stuff can happen. And it's not good stuff. So I got a message from that, obviously. But I want to put this disclaimer in too. My dad was one of the kindest, nicest, most compassionate people I ever knew. He was a good businessman. He was a smart person. Smart hell, the man was brilliant. And he was my hero. He was what I wanted to be when I grew up. That one slap didn't change any of that. No matter what the psychologists tell you, context is everything. And I knew that what I did brought that on. I knew it. You may think that it's the wrong thing to do under the circumstances. <laughs> from, the, from the guy who took the slap, it was exactly the right thing to do. And it did send me a message. Whether it was intentional or not, it sent me a message. But it didn't change the way that I loved or, frankly, adored my father. It did give me a message. And in the back of my head, for the rest of my life, there was always the possibility that dad could get up and I would be in trouble. That's why one of dad's moves was always to lean forward in his chair like he was going to get up, and that would send all of us kids scurrying. 
Oh my God. Dad's moving. Get moving. Run. My mom wasn't really a hitter either. And it's weird that I have to say that because when I was growing up, people disciplined their kids with spankings, with slaps, with whatever. It was the thing. And nowadays, not so much. But it was just a part of life. So when I say my mom wasn't a hitter, my dad wasn't a hitter, what I mean by that is we didn't get beatings. I got one whack from my dad in my entire life. My brother got one or two. I don't know if my sister got whacked. She was the girl. There may have been a different standard. But that's the fodder for another episode of the podcast somewhere down the road. But anyway, my mom always had the same move, and it was always the same line. Well, you wait until your father gets home. Because we knew, <laughs> we knew that if the bad news got to dad after a long day, <laughs> you never knew what was going to happen. Now, granted, in all my years, nothing ever happened, but you didn't want to take the chance. I mentioned my brother got whacked. It was my mom. My mom whacked my brother. My brother was the littlest one. And he had to be, I think it must have been about seven years old. I think that's the trouble age in the gamer dude family. When you hit seven, that's when you're testing your, that's when you're testing your limits. But he was doing something that pissed her off. And she went chasing him through the house with a wooden spoon. You know, the kind you use to bake cookies. She was probably baking and he did something wrong. And she wasn't catching him. But the wooden spoon gave her just enough reach so that as he rounded a corner, she got a whack in right on his backside and snapped the handle of the wooden spoon off. So it was either a really violent hit or he's got a really tough backside. But one way or the other, she whacked him a good one. I don't remember that ever happening again either, because all it takes is once. Now, what's the lesson from that? I'm not saying that corporal punishment is the answer, but I will say that the threat of corporal punishment Sure does carry a lot of weight with a little kid. Now I know all of the books, all of the doctors, all of the child psychologists all say, hitting your kids is not good for them. Yeah, if you're beating the crap out of your kids every day, that's not a good thing. That's not parenting. That's just abuse. But a well-placed smack one time? Boy, it, it taught me a lesson. It taught my brother a lesson. But what was more important when I was growing up was the rules. We had rules. We had rules that we had to follow. And my parents started when we were young. And that's the key. And that's the difference. Because one of the things that I see these days, and one of the things that I've seen over the years, is parents who let their kids do whatever they want. Grow their hair. Yell. Scream. Have tantrums in public. They just let their kids be kids because that's what they're supposed to be. Yes, to a point, that's true. But one of your jobs as a parent is to teach kids right from wrong, good from bad, that there are rules in life that you have to follow, and the world isn't always a fair place. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Because what happens these days is you get 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 18-year-olds running crazy through life because they've never been taught limits. They've never been taught discipline. They've never been taught that there are rules that you need to follow. And how many times have you seen the TV show or the news report or read an article about a parent whose 12-year-old or 15-year-old is out of control? And I'll tell you why that is. It's because from the age of 1 through 12, they were never given any limits. 
They were never given any discipline. They were never told no. Because a parent will take a kid into the store and the kid will say, I want that. I want that. I want that. And the parent will say, no, no, no. But after the 17th, I want that, the parent will say, fine, here, just shut up. That doesn't teach anything, but it takes 17 I want that's to get what you want. It teaches persistence. It doesn't teach discipline. It doesn't teach that the parent gets to say no. It doesn't teach you, the child, limitations. When my mom said no, we knew the answer was no. We also learned not to go ask dad because, much to our surprise, mom and dad shared notes. So if mom said no, she would let dad know. By the way, I told them no. And that's the other thing about parenting, consistency, being on the same page. And if perchance my dad didn't know, he would never say, well, sure, sounds okay with me. He would ask, what did your mother say? Because then that set up the situation where if we told him a lie, even if he happened to say yes, we would be caught in a lie once they compared notes. And the punishment for that was even worse. Now, I talk about the punishments. There are punishments when you're a kid. There have to be. They're not supposed to be mean-spirited. They're not supposed to be torture. But they're to teach discipline. They're to teach right from wrong, good from bad. When you break the rules... There are supposed to be consequences, and my parents taught us that, and I taught my kids that. No means no. Twelve o'clock means twelve o'clock. Bedtime at nine o'clock means bedtime at nine o'clock. Now, if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, you know that I'd be in bed at nine o'clock, but I'd be listening to the radio with a little earplug so that nobody knew that I was listening to the radio. So yes, there was rules. And there was things that I learned to try to get around the rules. But I knew that if I got caught getting around the rules, there would be consequences. So yes, being taught discipline was right. Being taught rules was right. Being raised the way that I was turned me into the adult that I am today. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm any superhero or any wonderful human being or any amazing person. But I do know right from wrong. I do know good from bad. I do know how to do the right thing. I know how to avoid doing the wrong thing. I try to be helpful. I try to be kind. And this is because these are the things that I was taught as a kid. And you might ask, well, how does being kind come out of having rules and discipline as a kid? Because my parents also taught me doing the right thing, helping people who need help, not saying terrible things to hurt people's feelings. In fact, teaching me that people did have feelings. I was not allowed to insult my brother and sister. I was not allowed to be mean to them because they had feelings and they taught me that. And if I violated those rules, I got in trouble. And I came to realize that other people do matter because my parents made sure that I knew that. And that's why there were rules. When you hurt somebody's feelings, when you do something that causes somebody else to feel badly, perhaps you'd best rethink your actions. It wasn't put quite that way to me, but that's the lesson that I learned. So, if I wanted to watch TV, have my radio, go out and play with my friends, do anything except sit in my room, I learned to do what I was supposed to do. Now, how does all that apply today? Well, it applies to the way that I raised my kids. There were consequences. There was right and wrong, yes and no. There was you can do this, you can't do that, and here's why. And I did give explanations, probably more so than my parents did. Sometimes the explanation when I was a kid was, because I'm your mother. And we learned to accept that. 
In this society, the way things have evolved, we as parents are taught that kids should have more than that. And to a point, I think that's true. But sometimes it's enough if the answer is, because I'm your father, or because I said so. Sometimes that's enough of a reason. Because sometimes the reason is beyond the understanding of a 5-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 12-year-old. And because sometimes a 5-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 12-year-old doesn't care what the real reason is. Because no matter what the explanation is, they don't care. Because they don't have the life experience to understand why mom and dad are saying no to a particular thing. A lot of the psychology that we have today is based on the premise that five-year-olds and eight-year-olds and 12-year-olds know what the hell is going on in the world. And while our kids are much more savvy about the ways of the world than we were at their age, they still don't have the life experience. They still don't have the understanding of the way things work in the world that would support them being able to make autonomous decisions without guidance and sometimes intervention from mom and dad. So what all that means is, if you're raising kids, you have to give them limits. You have to give them rules to follow, curfews to keep. You have to make sure that they're doing their homework and not just rely on the fact that they say they're doing it. You have to check up on them. And if they don't do it, there has to be consequences for that. Because that's the way the world works. That doesn't mean you should dictate how your kids do their homework. But it does mean that you dictate that your kids do their homework. And I guess that's really the point. As a parent, and I learned this from my parents and I've tried to pass it on to my kids for when they're raising their kids, you have to be a parent who understands your role. Your role is not to be your kid's friend. It's to be the person who's raising your kids to be full-grown responsible adults. And to do that, you have to give them rules. You have to teach them love and discipline, and affection, and compassion, and right from wrong, and good from bad. How you do that is really kind of up to you. But those are the basic guidelines for being a good parent. Sure, you can buy books about it. Sure, you can talk to psychologists about it. Sure, you can talk to experts and watch YouTube videos. But the thing that you have to remember about all of that is they're all guidelines. Nothing is set in stone because every parent and every child is unique. Now, all that said, I did want to close with just a couple final thoughts. Every child is unique. Every parent is unique. But let me tell you, every child is not a brilliant genius, an undiscovered artist, the next LeBron James. Every child is not top 10% of the class. You know why? Because only 10% of the class can be 10% of the class. The rest are in the 90% below that. And the reason that I'm saying that is this. Too many parents push their kids too hard to be something that they're not. Don't do that. That's not being a good parent. That's either living vicariously through your kids because you didn't do so well in school, or you have unrealistic expectations that you're trying to have your kid live up to, or... You're trying to keep up with the neighbors who have a brilliant scientist in the making. Don't do that. Just parent your kid. Spend time with your kid. Find out what your kid likes. Find out what your kid's interests are. That's how you be a good parent. That's how you form relationships that last a lifetime. 
And if you do all that, you'll be an excellent parent. Yeah, being a parent is a hard job. It is a hard job, believe me. But it's a worthwhile job. It's one of the best jobs that I've had. And hey, anytime you need parenting tips, (laughs) I'll pass them on to you. I don't know if they'll work in your situation, but I'll be happy to pass on my experiences. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend time in my day. It means the world to me, and I'll never be able to thank you enough, but I'll keep trying. Thank you. Until next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.